Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio... Our gravely wounded heroes awoke from their narrow escape from a total party kill. Happy to be alive, and I know how that feels, the party felt more experienced as they reminisced about their encounter with an excessive amount of banditos. Well, while they tended to their grave wounds, They counted their money and made out their shopping lists. After a long rest and some nice hard traveling cheese, they departed for Daggerford, eager for the comforts of their new home away from home. Upon their return, they found the refugee camp outside Daggerford had doubled in size. Once inside, they found to Jake's dismay, that construction of Curran's temple to Timora was well underway, and the pregnant couple they rescued were now in his employ. And they named their newborn son Cullen. Night shifts were pulled, extra credit points were not handed out, and the difference between tidings and donations was debated. They also learned of Sir Istival's return. Swiftly, they went to the shanties to meet the legend himself. Pleasantries were quickly cut short as the party's accounts confirmed Sir Istival's darkest fears, and he quickly left to consult with the Duke. In need of rest and a bath, the party made their way to Sir Istival's home under the escort of Hadar, a member of Sir Istival's last adventuring party, the Company of the Sunlit Sea. Will our adventuring party ever come up with their own cool name? Why does Cullen think Daggerford is a villainous hive of scum and degradation? What the heck is an unguent? And why shouldn't you drink Jake juice before 11 a.m.? I mean, what's in that stuff that isn't juice? Well, who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast. So you guys are walking through the bustling streets of Daggerford with Hadar as he escorts you to Sir Istival's home. You weave your way through the crowded marketplace, making your way to the west side of Daggerford. Soon you- Hey, do you know any good harp players? Harp players? Look what I got. I don't know, (laughs) I hold up my harp. Check it out, bro. My goodness. That is an exquisite instrument. And you don't know how to play the harp? Not yet. Do you want to see what it sounds like? No. No, you don't. (laughs) Say no. (laughs) 
You know, I seem to recall that Helmick, over at Helmick's Herbs and Oddments, has a son that is quite a talented musician. Helmet? Perhaps he would be willing to give you lessons. Helmick? Helmick. Yes. Helmick. And as you guys are discussing this, you eventually make your way to the southwestern corner of Daggerford and onto Wall Street. Aptly named because the western side of the street is the outer wall of Daggerford. Not much of a view. No, definitely not. And you guys begin to make your way north to building number 10 there on the map. Oh. Downing Street? Oh, there it is. I see it. And you guys eventually get there, and Hadar says, Here we are, Sir Istavo's residence. And you see that it's it's a quaint two-story home uh, nestled in between similar homes that uh, lie on the eastern side of Wall Street here. It has a stone foundation, while the upper portion is mostly wood and stucco. And you see cute flower boxes filled with colorful flowers sitting beneath its windows. There's even a a cat sniffing in one of the uh, flower boxes, looking in the window as it's waiting to be let in. And, you know, it's it's like a cute home uh, that is well-kept. Uh, but definitely doesn't scream, Sir Istival lives here, right? Hmm. Uh, it's just a normal middle-class house. Yes, yes. And Hadar yes. makes his way up the stone steps and knocks on the front door. And after a moment, the door opens. Inside, you see a middle-aged human female uh, tied up in a bun. There's her black hair that is beginning to turn gray. She wears a black dress and over it is a white apron that is stained with use. And you immediately get the feeling that she is like a maid or housekeeper, right? And standing behind and peering around this woman, you see a teenage girl with long red hair. She's also dressed in common clothes and an apron also covers her waist. And the older woman who opened the door sees Hadar and she suddenly gets a big smile on her face and her eyes light up as she yells, Hadar! And she opens her arms and embraces him. Oh my goodness, what a wonderful surprise! First Jack, now you. It's so good to see you again. And Hadar answers, he's hugging her back. Yes, Dina, it is such a pleasure to see your smiling face again. What are you doing here? Well, my dear lady, I am here on behalf of Sir Istival. He has asked me to bring you guests that need some assistance. And he like gestures over to you guys. And the woman looks over at you guys and she looks you over and she says, Oh, Dirty Adventures, my favorite. <laughs> well, everyone, come in, come in. Hello, hello. We're the Albonians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. We have to be like the whirling Albonians or something like that. Or the... <laughs> the Skull Crushers. The Skull Crushers. <laughs> that's a, we're working on a name, but there's four we're, of we're, us. We're workshopping a bunch of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Hadar then uh, says to the woman, I... I seem to have started something here with them. <laughs> they are uh, new to the adventuring occupation. 
and she answers, uh, she replies, Oh, I see. Well, no matter. Everyone has to start somewhere. Now come in, come in. And she ushers you all inside. And before she closes the door, she sees that cat in the flower box and she yells at it. Hey, you mangy feline, get out of my flowers. Shoo, shoo. And the cat hisses and jumps down and runs off. And I say to her, you're fine with badgers, right? (laughs) <laughs> That's right, because I've totally, totally forgot we got a menagerie with us. He's magical badger. He doesn't poop or anything. You know, he likes the good. He likes to nosh on a good orc testicle. <laughs> Do you have any orc testicles? <laughs> and she, and she just kind of looks at Hadar and says, "These are Sir Istival's friends." And Hadar yeah. just kind of uh, shrugs, right? And uh, They're so rude. Pardon me. My name is Jake. Don't mind them. <laughs> oh, yes. Please, allow me to introduce everyone. These fine ladies here are Steena and her daughter Riley. And your new guests here are Jake, Elric, Cullen, and Esmia. They are acquaintances of Sir Istival that are visiting Daggerford, all the way from his homeland of Cormier. This is and correct. And they have just returned from an important mission for Sir Istival. Mm-hmm. Aye, that we did. And are in need of rest and recuperation. And she slightly bows and says, Well, it is a pleasure to meet you. Any friends of Sir Istival's are welcome. Please come in. Let's get you cleaned up. Riley, go and prepare a hot bath. And you see that the young girl doesn't move and you notice that she's just staring at Esmir. I wink at her. And that kind of snaps her out of it <laughs> as uh, Stina raises her voice and says, Riley, don't stare at the gnome. It's rude. And, no, then, and then I start doing a little tap dance. No, she really likes the attention. I do tricks. You want to see one? <laughs> you really don't want to see one. You don't want to hear her play the harp. Does she look afraid of me or just like she's never seen? No, like she's never seen anything like you before. Okay, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Here, yeah, I'm gonna pull. Sure. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like reach in my hair and I'm gonna pull out like a little charm for like a little charm for a necklace. I'm like, here, look what I got for you. And it's like a little charm I took off of someone a while ago. Nice. Hey, don't worry, he's dead. He won't be coming back for it. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl, she just shyly grabs the charm and then quickly turns and runs off into the house. And then Stina also turns and leads you into Sir Estival's home. Please, follow me. And you guys go into the main area, and you see that his home is finely furnished, but not like snobby finely furnished, uh, but more practical and comfortable. You see the walls are covered with beautiful paintings and tapestries, and uh, one in particular catches your eye, right? It's the seal of Cormier. It's a purple dragon on a white background. Mm -hmm. And all about the home are shelves and tables displaying beautiful and rare looking uh, trinkets and artifacts. And as you're walking through, uh, you imagine that they're treasures or gifts that Sir Istival has acquired 
throughout his many years of adventure. Mm. And Stina, uh, she begins to lead you up the stairs when Hadar says, Oh, Stina, before I forget, Sir Istvul wanted me to tell you that more guests will be arriving this evening for dinner. Oh, boy. And she kind of stops on the stairs. She's like, what guests? How many? I have no idea. And she's like, well, that's not very helpful. (laughs) (laughs) And so then she continues up to the second floor uh, to a hallway. Let me show you to your rooms. Now, Miss Esmir, you may have this room. The previous occupant is away, and a lady needs her privacy. That's and true. you three gentlemen will share this next room here. Okay. But she's so small, she gets a whole room to herself. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't seem fair. And then I slap Cullen in and the back I, of the like, head. I, I ball tap Cullen. Ball tap. Find your tongue, boy. <laughs> I, he was just kidding. Boom. I, I forget you're so low, you can get to it too easy. <laughs> I was just about to dis- I was just about to say someone could share my room with me, but you know what? It's not gonna happen, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> a bath will be drawn for each of you. You can rest while you wait your turn. Please leave your dirty clothes and armor in the hall here, and we will get them cleaned up. Uh, but then she looks at Elric and, and she says, except for yours, it, it looks perfectly clean. <laughs> ah. Just keep it on. It's shiny. It's probably blocking the smell. Nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna point to Jake's. I'm gonna point to Jake's pants. I'm like, you could just throw those out. Remember when you? <laughs> remember when you waited, what? waited into that room? It was full In of the poo. Yeah. 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 The poo. You could just toss those. Burn them. Burn them. And she then begins to head downstairs, and she adds, "Oh, and leave all your bloody bandages in the trash." <laughs> and if you need anything else, please don't hesitate to ask Riley or myself. Otherwise, I'll see you at dinner. Do you have any ointment for my burnt ass? <laughs> I can look for some ointment, yes. Yes. A salve, yes. an unguent, anything. <laughs> So you guys are settling into your rooms there and taking turns, getting cleaned up and resting. Uh, So what are each of you doing during this downtime? Is there anything um, you're doing while you're waiting for dinner time? Pulling the the blood clots from my hair. You know, washing out my favorite bandages. Yeah. Your favorite bandage. Sharpening my blade. So you're just sitting in your room. <laughs> well, I share the room with these two guys. So three men jammed in one bit in one little room and then you got this tiny gnome with a sweet this little gnome over here in her own own room all to herself. That's right. What a what a waste of space. And what are you doing, Esmir? I'm in my room, and I'm saying, like, really loud, should I sleep on this side of the room, or should I sleep on this side of the room? Maybe I'll spend half the night over here and half the night over there. I can't decide. It's so big in here. So roomy. <laughs> and, you guys, and I'm also going to... <laughs> you guys hear this in the other room. <laughs> 
And I'm going to go through all the stuff I collected, like the random objects and whatnot, and organize them in my own special way. And I'm also going to go do an inventory of all the crap I have, like, stuffed into my pockets and my hair. Kind of reorganize it. All right, cool. So you're up in your room going through your stuff. And uh, Jake, are you doing anything? We went to our rooms. I dropped off my stuff. And then I am going to go back downstairs and just chat with them. You know, like a good uh, like a good uh, guest would. Get myself a cup of tea and a couple crumpets, you'll say. Crumpets. All right, cool. So, Jake, you got cleaned up first, and you head downstairs. In the kitchen, Stina is busy preparing the meal, and you get yourself a cup of tea. Um, and then in the main area, you see Hadar sitting at a small table near the front window. And laid out before him are many pieces of parchment and maps. And he's sitting there uh, looking at these pages and sipping a glass of wine. Ah. Nice. Well, I'm going to uh, take out my map and I'm going to say, um, Adar. Ah, Jake, you look and smell refreshed. Ah, (laughs) I feel so much better. Thank you. Excellent. Please sit. And he notices the map in your hand. Oh, what's this? This is a map that we found on our journey recently. And I noticed these two circles that have been scribed in these areas. Do these mean anything to you? And I show him the map, right? The one that I, uh, that we picked up in the Harpshield Castle. I just don't want to tell him that we got it at the Harpshield Castle. Okay. Let me take a look. Hmm. A map of the Delimbure Vale. Yes, yes. There's the Ardeep Forest. There's Harp Shield, a house of stone. All the way to the Forlorn Hills. Hmm. It seems as though orcs have been scribbling on it. It says New Domain. Where did you get this? Uh, we found it in uh, Jolkin. Interesting. Well, what would you like to know? I would like to know if you know anything that might be present in the areas where it has been circled. Well, one of the circled areas is most likely where Harpshield Castle once stood. Though I can't be positive, there are many ancient ruins that have succumbed to those woods. And it has been quite a while since I traveled that way. So what about this one over here, out by the Forlorn Hills? Hmm. You know, I am not sure. Okay. And then he begins to kind of like rummage through some of his maps and papers there, like he's trying to find a reference point or looking for some kind of help there. And after a moment, he uh, looks at you perplexed. I'm sorry, Sir Jake. I am at a loss. There doesn't seem to be anything that I can find, and Ah. I myself have never been to that area. Ah. Well, maybe Sir Istival could uh, take a look when he returns. I'm sorry I could not be of more help. Perhaps I could uh, study it further. Until then, I may find something that alludes to this area. Oh, 
I, I have it right here. I have it right here. And I just roll it up and I'm just going to set it, you know, in front of me as I sit there. And, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, take a sip of tea. It's not that I don't trust him. I just don't want to, I don't want him to, you know, push it underneath 47 <laughs> of his maps. Where was that map? <laughs> All right, cool. So Jake is downstairs mingling with Hadar. But how about the rest of you? Are you heading down uh, after you get cleaned up? Yeah, I'll come downstairs. I will come down as well. I will ask Stina if there's anything I can do, any use I can be. Bring in some wood, chop some wood. Oh, why thank you, young man. But no, you are Sir Istival's guests. Please just relax. Uh, make yourself at home. Would you like some tea? Absolutely. Sure. Do you have anything a wee bit stronger? <laughs> and then Hadar uh, gets up from his uh, maps and says, I will pour the drinks, Dina. You've got your hands full. So, my friends, what would you like? I recommend the wine, or perhaps some ale from Daggerford's own Dagger Thrust Ales. Aye, I'll have some ale. Very good. Coming right up. So Hadar gets you some ales and you guys begin to mingle, perhaps looking around at all the interesting things on display here at Sir Istival's home. Uh, Esmir, what are you doing? I'm going to come down. I, fin I finished. Yeah, I finished my. You finished your project? Yeah, I finished my project. I rearranged my stuff again. Okay, cool. So Esmir comes downstairs and joins everyone else, and Hadar says, Ah, our final adventure is all cleaned up. Please, my good gnome, may I offer you a liquid refreshment? Yes, sir. Wait, wait. Um... Don't tell me. <laughs> Let me see if I remember my gnomish culture. Um... Something with a fizzle fazzle. <laughs> fizzle fazzle always it's it always works. It's just the perfect little spits to go in a spats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, not really. But uh, <laughs> let me let me see what uh, Sir Istval has tucked away in the back of his liquor cabinet. Oh, any self-respecting person's gonna have a little fizzle fazzle in their cabinet. All right, so Hadar begins rummaging through a cabinet while you guys are comfortably relaxing in the sitting room when suddenly the front door swings open and in limps Sir Istival. And right behind him enter two other people. One is a male elf and behind him enters a male half-elf. Mm. They uh, enter and begin to take off their cloaks and hang them on the pegs there in the entryway. Um, so let me give you a brief description of them. Your eyes immediately fix upon the elf, and here's his uh, picture. Now, you've all had some dealings with elves over your years, and they all have, you know, a noble and magical and wise uh, air about them, right? But on this elf, it's turned up to 11. So now we hear the music. Right, exactly. And he comes in slow-mo. And, and the reason that you feel that way <laughs> is because he is a gold elf. For his skin is bronze and his hair is long and golden and it matches his bright uh, gold eyes. And you're slightly taken aback by this because gold elves are hardly ever seen anymore. 
for most of them have left Faerun for the island nation of Evermeet, also known as the Green Isle. And you all know this, um, Esmir, you're quite familiar with this because, uh, you know, it's kind of well known among the gnomes. Uh, and Cullen and Elric, you know of it from some of Jake's history lessons. Uh, you really just know of its existence because only elves are allowed there and most who go uh, never come back from there. But you do know that it is the last true kingdom of and the final destination of uh, all elves on Faerun. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds that a lot sounds... like a copyrighted <laughs> material. <laughs> sounds familiar. <laughs> sounds a lot like a place that starts with Do a you V. You take a boat there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy with an elaborate initials. I believe you said something about it. And behind him is the half-elf. And here's a picture uh, of him. Whoa, he's handsome. <laughs> Hubba, he has Hubba. Uh, piercing green eyes, long silver hair, and he sports a goatee. He, he wears a beautiful, intricate, and green leather armor that is well-worn from years of use. You can immediately tell that this isn't just for show, right? This half-elf and his armor don't mind uh, getting dirty, right? In fact, uh, you get a sense that he is probably more uh, most comfortable in the woods, and uh, you would probably bet that he is a ranger. The half-elf has a stern look on his face that seems to carry the weight of many years. Uh, and then Sir Istival turns to see you all in the room. Ah, very good. Here are my fellow companions that I told you about. Sent here to aid me by my old friend, Lord Harold of Albion. Allow me to introduce everyone. This here is his son, Elric Albion. Hello, nice to meet you. This here is Elric's tutor and advisor, Jake. Good to meet you, chaps. <laughs> and here is Elric's magic tutor from the War Wizards of Cormir, Esmir. Hi! And this here is Elric's squire, Cullen. I'm technically not a squire, but that's He's not okay. a squire, he's a friend, but okay, that's, that's cool. <laughs> oh, my, my apologies. Uh, I just assumed you brought a squire. Please forgive me. No. Now, allow me to introduce to you, as he uh, points... Uh, over to the gold elf, Lord Darfin Flotion, son of Elorfindar, lord of the house of long silences, and advisor to generations of the dukes of Daggerford. Mm. The gold elf then uh, scoffs hardly, and he bows to you. Pleasure to meet you. And then Sir Istival continues, and this is Darfin's nephew, Kelson Darktreader, master of the hunt to generations of Daggerford Dukes. And the uh, half-elf just kind of nods his head slightly, uh, but doesn't say anything. And then Sir Istival turns back towards you and looks at uh, each of you like he's going to say something important or serious, right? Uh, he says, let me tell you, my countrymen, without hesitation or doubt, and with Lathander as my witness, that the success of Daggerford and even the Western heartlands themselves can be laid at the feet of the Flotian Elves. Wow, we. Wow, cool. 
Very impressive. Well, I am honored to be in their presence. Now, with that in mind, let us sit and share a meal and discuss the events that have brought us together this night. And uh, at that, uh, Kelson just uh, sits at the table and starts filling up a plate. I want to sit next to, I want to sit next to, I specifically go over by the half elf. Okay. I want to sit by him. Okay. Because he's, he's got, we got a lot in common. And he's kind of cute, so. <laughs> and Sir Istival, uh he sees you climbing up on the chair and he calls out, Riley, fetch the seat we have for our halfling guests. Our esteemed wizard needs a booster. Quickly now. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. Sir Estival can get me a booster. That's cool, man. Hey, uh, Sir Estival, you've been granted a special and a rare gift. <laughs> At the mention of a booster, Esmeralda usually has something smart to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, gnomes have always had an interesting way with words. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, uh, Kelson Dark Treader, who's just been like, you know, piling food on his plate, uh, says, uh, In the Western Heartlands, gnomes will always have an equal seat at the table. And then he just goes back to eating his food. And this is my man right here. Hey, Kelson. Kelson, remind me to show you my little fuzzball later. <laughs> doesn't sound appropriate. <laughs> no, you'll like it. I promise. I haven't heard that one in a while. Jake sits back and smirks. <laughs> I, I take it you've heard about what, what's go, what happened to Jolkin. Yeah, and then uh, Lord Floshin answers you. He says, um, yes, my friends, uh, Sir Istival briefly told us the news of Jolkin, but let us now hear it in more detail. Tell us, from the beginning, what has transpired. Oh, it's a long tale. <laughs> or at least it feels that way. We, uh, made the company, or with the introduction, if you will, of a woodland nymph. Wyfinen was her name. She was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Would have gladly stayed there for the rest of my life. I just kind of look off into the corner. My eyes kind of roll up toward the ceiling a little bit, and I just kind of go into this little trance, uh, remembering Oifenin. the beauty of Oifinin. And then I, and then I elbow, I elbow uh, Kelson. I wi I whisper to him, "We saw a dryad. Have you ever seen one?" Well, there was this short time where I dated one in college. <laughs> <laughs> and then at, at the mention of Oifenyen, uh, Lord Floshin looks up and he says, Oifenyen, yes, I remember when she was punished and made tree-bound centuries ago. Oh. Who punished her? And for what? Well, uh, powerful- Did she break some sort of elfy rules? Well, we call them fey rules, not elf oh. rules. <laughs> okay. But sometimes powerful fey will um, bind lesser fey spirits to trees, transforming them into dryads. This is sometimes done as a punishment when the fey spirit falls in love with a mortal, and that love is forbidden. 
Oh. Sheesh. Mm. You guys are a little stuffy. Seems a little narrow-minded to me. Oh, I forgot your elves. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that, but I think, wow, so maybe I do have a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Lord Floshin, he then asks, so what became of this encounter with the Dryad? By no means did did we seek her out. We were using the trail that went through her glade to get to Jolkin, and uh, we happened upon her in the wood. She gave us shelter. And the woods were full of goblin um, camps. Yeah, well, that's where it began, because goblin folk, hobgoblins, they took over the whole town of Jolkin. Tell us, how many goblinoids did you encounter in Jolkin? I would say, what would you guys say, 30, 40? 30, 40, something like that, yeah. And, and at that, Sir Istival seems um, uh, like perplexed by this uh, 30, uh, uh, 40 goblins thing. And then he says, uh, how could so few break through Jolkin's defenses? I don't know, there but they we- had already done it when we got there. They had already seized the town. I remember, right. I remember there was a breach in the palisade. There was a breach in the palisade. I think that I think that they only had left 30 or 40 behind. I think they went in there with a lot. Because recall what we told you, Sir Istival, the humans had all, they're all gone. So they must have had quite a large escort uh, to take them wherever they went to. And I believe that large escort uh, were was the remainders of the ones that were there in the initial siege of the town. Hmm. Okay. Now tell us, when you made your way through Jolkin, did you encounter the leaders of this occupying goblin force? We uh, encountered a priest, a uh, uh, witch doctor, uh, of Gabula. named Gabula. And, uh, Gabula, Gabula, Gabula. They desecrated the temple, and on the walls of the temple was a hideous hell language, uh, the, right. the fiend language, I believe uh, it was a demonic. Infernal. Infernal, infernal. And it said some curious things. Yes. That we should probably read, uh, uh, re, uh, remember? tell you about. <laughs> <laughs> should re-remember? I should re-remember that. Something about... Uh, he watches in the night. Uh, yes. I don't know. <laughs> he knows are... when you've been sleeping. Oh, he God. knows when you're awake. <laughs> no. His body is bound, is spirit something by that. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jake, didn't you write it down? I did, but I can't, you know. I I, I lost a great deal <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the pool room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pool room. You, you see the others at the table are kind of giving each other side glances, uh, and Kelson or Floshin are kind of looking at Sir Istival like, are you sure about these guys? <laughs> oh, I see it now. <laughs> it's the master's heart beats like a war drum in the forlorn hills. His fire burns inside me. Master, whisper to me the secrets of the hells. He flies in spirit, his body bound by the blade. The red wizard gave it wings of shadow. Curse this goddess and her servants. So you see that Lord Floshin 
has leaned back in his chair and is uh, contemplating these words. Very interesting and strange. Infernal is not a language known by your average goblin. Tell me more of these writings. They were all over. No, they were in the shrine. Yes, they were in the shrine of the Shantae. And they were written, interestingly enough, with honey, ink, and something else, right? Blood. Blood. Was it blood? Yes. And honey, but there was honey too. It's kind of weird, right? And Lord Floshin says, um, and you mentioned that this person who wrote these words was a goblin shaman? Ah, shaman. That's a better a word. She was the shaman, shaman named Gabula. It was a she. She she was at least their spiritual leader. And Sir Istvall, uh kind of jumps in. Well, what information did you get when you interrogated it? We didn't really interrogate her. We just simply we fought She her. mostly taunted us, and we taunted back. We learned a little that way through some taunting. <laughs> I got her boots. Look, dude, check out. I got her boots. That's true. She took her They're boots. magic boots. Do you want to see them? Here. I take my boot off and I hold it out towards them. Check it out. <laughs> they all just smile and nod at you and your boots. So yeah. nice. Very yeah. nice. I figured she didn't need them anymore since she turned into a crispy pile of ash. Shuffled off her mortal coil. Yep. Lord Floshin then kind of looks at you uh, curiously. You said that it turned into a pile of ash. Uh, my good gnome, let me ask you, did you turn her this way with your wizardly spells? No. No, we did something to her. I can't exactly remember how we dispatched her, but I know we did. It was a fight. It was a fight in uh, the labyrinthine underground areas of Jokin, and there may have been some firebolts involved. But not enough to turn her into a char pile. And at that, uh, Lord Floshin leans back in his chair again, and he begins to contemplate. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Right? Sir Istavel then chimes in and says, Well, it seems that an evil magic is involved. Perhaps the work of the Red Wizards you mentioned. Now, did you encounter any Red Wizards at Jolkin? No. 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 There was no Red Wizard in Jokin. Just references to them. What do you mean, references? Didn't we torture a couple of them and they they said that... Uh, We asked them some questions. Yes, we... didn't necessarily torture anybody. Well, you know, there was some skewering. Yes, Um, And they said that, you know, they mentioned a Red Wizard. The Red Wizard, yes. And when we were coming here and we, we, um, we were going to some of the farmhouses. We went to the, one of the farmhouses and we killed some goblins that were uh, taking over the farmhouse. We asked them what they were doing and they said that the red wizard told them to, you know, cause chaos, basically. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's from the very beginning. And the goblins, yeah, and the goblins in, in Jolkin, it was the same thing. They were just, they're just having fun doing goblin stuff. And I think the I in my my theory is that the red wizards are using them to cause chaos while they do whatever it is they're doing. Yes, they're like their hound dogs. Hmm. Okay, so check this out, guys. 
when we were in Jolkin, there were wells. And then I, I, I like wait to see if they like make us face like scared and they didn't. I'm like, okay, fine. They don't. Yeah. I mean, they're good with wells. You should not be good with wells. And the, uh, this creature came out of the well and attacked us. Yes. Um, and when we killed it, it turned into a cow. And I used my detect magic skill, and it uh, it was definitely a red wizard spell. Gotcha. And it was just disgusting. Interesting. You should believe her. She's learned in the magical lore. Yes, of course, of course. So, we know that a goblin horde, with the aid of red wizards, overtook Jolkin and marched the residents somewhere, correct? We believe they have been. That Well, we believe that they have been because there was no human left in the village at all. But you remember that the Dryad told us that, sh- that she'd personally seen them take some off. Yes. As slaves. This is most concerning to me. What are they planning to do with these poor people? Obviously, there is a nefarious purpose. Otherwise, the goblinoids would have just killed them. Slavery is an obvious reason, but if the Red Wizards are involved, it must be something else. There are plenty of slaves in Thay. It is, after all, one of their main exports. It seems highly unlikely that they would travel all the way to the Western Heartlands just to capture more slaves. But whatever the reason, we must endeavor with all our might to save these people. Unfortunately, that is an impossible task if we know not where they were taken. They took, the, took them up to what we think is a forlorn hills is where we think they took them to. They're probably using them as slave labor, I don't know, in a mine or something, who knows what. And then we found this map, and then I pull out <laughs> my map again, and I just roll it right back out on the table. Okay. And I say, right here is an interesting location that has been circled. What do you make of that, Sir Istival? Or any of you, for that matter. All right. Um, they all take a look at the map. And after a moment, uh, Sir Istival says, It has orc writing on it. Where did you obtain this map? Mm. Well, we went to the Harpshield Castle. <laughs> Harpshield Castle? What compelled you to venture there? Treasure. <laughs> we went to Harpshield Castle because we, we were in the bar... And we played some threes. We won this map. And we were on the way back. And we felt like we should go there. Especially because there was some weird stuff going on. And we like to find treasure. And we like uh, the adventure of it. So We thought it would be a nice detour. And we were halfway there. You know, so we went there. It was on the way. A couple interesting things happened there. First of all, there were a bunch of bad guys there that we had to kill. Bad guys? Bad guys. Lots of bad guys. Orcs. 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 Orcs Orcs and orugs. There are like three clans of orcs there. And then at that- I can't remember their names. uh, You see all three of them uh, start to look disappointed um, or frustrated. And then Kelson says, we were so close. If I only scouted a mile further north. And then Sir Istival adds, So it seems, on a quest for treasure, 
You uncover the source of the orc raids. Was it a base of operations for them? Yes. Yeah. It seems that way because by this map, this is circled and this is part of the new realm. And apparently. were they also in cahoots with the red wizards? Yes. As far as we can tell. Yeah, as far as we can tell. Mostly through inference. Yes. yes. But didn't we kill the guy with the bird in the birdcage there? That's right. Sezibul. Sezibul. Didn't he mention the red wizard too? There, that's right. He said the red wizard was tell, it was his master as well. And in fact, I don't think any of them said that the red wizards were their masters. Yes. They were being told to do this by their gods. We believe the red wizards were manipulating them. Right. And Wartsnack had the same writing in his throne room. That's right. The same he did. creepy. Wartsnack was the, uh, the shaman white. of this clan. He was the white. The white. And then the shaman was sensible because he had the eye patch. That's right. He did. And then uh, Lord Floshin says, So this location also had infernal writings drawn in blood? Yeah. That is mm -hmm. correct. correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay, guys. Are you listening? Guys. guys? <laughs> yes. Okay, guys. They all hey, guys. lean in. Okay. Story. They lean I, in uh, close. Okay. Uh, this is a story just about how... <laughs> Our life got turned upside down or something like that. <laughs> Anywho. Okay. Um, now this is where it gets interesting. Are you ready, guys? I'm ready. Okay. So when we came to this town, um, a couple things happened. We, we heard about the bloke. Mm -hmm. um, there, when we first got here, there was an altercation at the gates and a guard fired into the crowd and it turned out that that guard had been uh, bewitched and um, the next morning he had hanged himself. Murder. Yes. Okay. Sherlin told me about right. that. Now, that said dead guy had a girlfriend. Da, da, mm. da. Okay. Now. Nazia. Nazia. Okay. Now, mm. there's another guy who used to work he was a guy who um was he was a mason a mason at the temple, at the temple. and he mm -hmm. he went missing too and guess who his girlfriend was nazia you got it and when we he was the same guy that jack asked to make a copy of the bloke yes. for him yes ah, now yes elvin gissen was his name okay mm. Now, I followed this Nazia character one day and I watched her. Now she's just a lady. She is a working girl. You know what I'm saying? You guys with me? Following you. I know yes. you're elves, but you guys still- She stays at the halfway house run by the half orc. But yeah, I followed her. I, I found her, I followed her one day and she walked up to the gates of the Duke's castle and walked right past the guards and into the castle as if she had she was a regular there. Um, which she might be, but... She might be. She might know, be. Like we said, the Duke likes the privileges of his station. There's as many mysteries going on in this town than there are outside of the walls. 
Right. However, okay, when we were in uh, Harpshield Castle, we found the secret room with the magic gate. Portal? The portal. And we also found the dead body of guess who? Guess, guys, guess. Come on. I don't know. Elvin Gisson! Sillies. Really? We found the dead body of Elvin Gisson. And guess what else we found there? Guess. Come on. Come well, on. Come on. Guess it was it was Gabula. No, no, no it was no. Sesabul. No, no, it was <laughs> Warstack. <laughs> we okay. fought this the, you know the Warstack we mentioned earlier, we fought him, and when we finally laid him to rest, we found on his person, or uh, me specifically, yes. that Dalambeard bloke. Oh. They weren't gonna guess. Then like a look of surprise uh, comes over Sir Istival's face, uh, and he says, the Dalambeard bloke? That the Duke has been turning Daggerford inside out searching for? Yes, the original. So why would the thief take it to the ruins of Harpshield? He was bewitched. But we don't know if the orcs wanted the bloke or if Alvin Gisson just wandered in there in a toper. There's uh, no way that that's a coincidence. There's no way. I think that the bloke is a key piece to this story. And I'm a gnome. I'm a learned gnome. And I know for a fact, I got a feeling that this bloke is pertinent to this mystery. It's not, there's no way it's a coincidence. Have you ever seen anything, a coinky, a coinky dinky end up not just being, a, just being a coinky dinky? No, there's no coinky dinkies. And the Harpshield Castle is also one of the strongholds of the Red Wizards, which whatever plan they're on. on. So I think it can be deducted or deduced or dedungled that <laughs> the Red Wizards need the bloke. But why? What use would they have for an ancient rock? It's a magical talisman. Yeah. I think we all think that it might that it might be some type of tool, whether it's a bargaining thing or an actual tool tool. We aren't really sure what its purpose might serve, but as Cullen says, that is a possibility in itself. Yeah. That's what I, that's what's making my giving me the neck tingles. Yes. Lord Flotion then uh, interjects. Sir Istival, have you forgotten that not too long ago, the Red Wizards came to the Western Heartlands to steal an artifact for the purpose of asserting control over Faerun? Yes, of course, the, their scheming has no end. Yes, the Red Wizards were on a quest to obtain four elemental keys, earth, hmm. air, fire and water these keys were the foundation for their scheme for generations my family was entrusted with the air key for safekeeping somehow they found this out and a red wizard along with a tribe of orcs raided my estate and stole the key and they still have it no you you recaptured the the air key yes Thanks to Sir Istifel here, and four adventurers such as yourselves, the Red Wizard's plans were thwarted, and their lives ended dangling from a rope in Daggerford's main square. And then uh, Kelson kind of chimes in, 
Obviously, they didn't get the message. Where was the Earth key? What does it look like? Perhaps it looks like a bloke. No, the bloke is not one of the elemental keys. I have seen all the keys and made sure that they were hidden away from others who may seek their power. Wow, Isti, you've been around, bro. You have been around. You're a fancy pants. You're cool. <laughs> Lord Floshin um, then says, Re- Regardless of what powers the bloke may or may not possess, whether it be a mere rock or a magical talisman, we cannot underestimate the Red Wizards of Thay and their ability to cause chaos in Faerun. So you have in your possession this bloke? Well, it's somewhere close by. Yes. Yes, we have it, but we don't have it. It's in our locker. <laughs> I don't have it. I know that. It's somewhere safe. Very well. Keep it that way. Until we know more, we should assume the Red Wizards are after it. Be vigilant. If they need it, they will do all they can to get it. And then Sir Istifal adds, Hopefully, the priests of Firehammer Hold have the answers we seek. And when Jack returns, we will learn more about the properties of this bloke. Yeah. Yes. But in the meantime, let us retire to the sitting room and begin discussions as to our next move. We have learned much from our new compatriots here, and we need to strategize. What we discuss next may indeed determine the fate of the Western Heartlands. And at that, they begin to uh, move into the next room. Kelson goes right to the fire and begins to throw, you know, more wood on it, bringing it uh, back to life. Uh, Hadar starts to refill everyone's drinks, and Lord Floshin sits down in the biggest, comfiest chair. And sir- first of all, before I forget, because you know gnomes were a little flighty with our thinkings. Uh, Floshin, Mr. Floshin. Yes. I understand that you, during the era of your father, and before that, there were secret portals. Is this correct? Okay. So you go over to Lord Floshin while everyone is uh, getting their drinks and lighting their pipes, settling in uh, to the sitting room. And he says, Yes, my good wizard, you are correct. Portals have been the main responsibility of the Floshin line. I and my father before me have been guardians over an elven portal nexus that resides in the House of Long Silences, hidden deep in the Argent <laughs> Forest. That's a funny name. I like that. It was a nexus of elven portals all over the world, and it was the primary way elves on Faerun could leave and join their brethren on the Green Isle. Mm. If you notice, I said was. For the Nexus is no longer. For you see, there were Flotian elves that were gold elf supremacists. Oh boy. They attempted to take over the portal and use it to wage their war upon all of humankind. My father, Ilofendar, had no choice but to destroy it. For years, we tried to recreate the high elven magic, but alas, All our attempts failed. The House of Long Silences has indeed been silenced. Okay. I found a portal 
we found a portal in an ancient dungeon in Harpshield uh, Castle. Harpshield Castle. That's it right. It was in a secret chamber no one had disturbed for hundreds of years. Sir Flotion. Didn't seem to be working anymore. So do you think the portal that I found could possibly be uh, one of the portals that were used from your time? No, that portal was constructed by powerful human wizards. I wonder where it went. <laughs> Harpshield Castle was a stronghold of the humans in the Ardeep Forest. And during that time, there was the constant threat of orcs that raided from the east. So they built an outpost named the House of Stone to keep mm. watch and be the first line of defense against these raids. Mm. The portal you found was one that allowed them to quickly move between the castle and the outpost. And like the castle, it too lays in ruin. And by this time, uh, everyone is settled in and Sir Istival is you know, he's pacing around. You can tell he's got a lot going on in his head and he's anxious to start and he begins to take charge. My fellow compatriots, let us begin. We must come up with a plan. We are the only ones who could do anything about this chaos. And the Duke's not doing anything about the raids. Well, that is hopefully about to change. Thanks to you, we now know the disastrous fate of Jolkin. Lord Flotion and I went to the Ducal Castle and informed the Duke of this dire news, and this has moved the Duke to finally take action. But before he sends any troops, he has ordered Kelson here to lead a group of scouts to Jolkin and confirm that it is indeed empty of goblins. <laughs> okay. And uh, <laughs> at your snicker there, uh, you hear Kelson snicker as well. And Sir Istvo kind of, uh, you know, notices this, and he's like, well, at least he's doing something. Okay. And at that, uh, Lord <laughs> Flotion kind of chimes okay. in. We all knew that Maldwin would fail as Duke if trouble ever came to Daggerford. This has only confirmed that he is not worthy to wield Lawflame. Okay, what's the, what's the deal with his sword? The blade he wields is a longsword called Lawflame, a powerful magic sword forged by elves and bestowed by my father to the very first Duke of Daggerford. Mm. It has been passed down to the successing Dukes for generations mm. since. The blood has grown weak with time. They are not the men they used to be. Then uh, Kelson over there still, you know, poking the fire says, his sister could wield it. And uh, Sir Istival cuts in, uh, getting a little frustrated. Uh, yes, yes, we all know this. And that is why I plan to stay in Daggerford to prepare the city for a possible attack, both from without and now perhaps even from within. I will be keeping a very close eye on this Nazia. Yes. And you see uh, Lord Flotion nod and he concurs, right? He's like, yes, yes. I have been thinking about this. And if Esmir is indeed correct, mm -hmm. and there are no coinky uh, dinkies, I think <laughs> she may indeed be working for the Red Wizards. 
And if so, it's all my question of... is this. Is she working for just an ambitious red wizard? Mm. Or Saz Tam himself? Saz Tam? Saz Tam. Ooh, Saz Tam. He's a lich. You are correct, Sir Elric. Saz Tam has been a powerful lich for the past 200 years. Uh... You see, Thay was once ruled by eight wizards called Zulkirs, one for each school of magic. Saz Tam was the Zulkir of necromancy and its most influential red wizard. Then, with great arrogance and overwhelming ambition, he defeated the legions of the other Zolkirs and became the supreme leader of Thay. He is seen by many as one of the most cunning and intelligent beings in all of Faerun. So you That's see, scary. knowing who we're up against must be answered. Yeah, but it was just any old red wizard, that'd be no big deal, but the main red wizard, the Lich King himself, that's a big deal. Yeah. It's like apocalyptic yes. shit. <laughs> Indeed, Sir Cullen. If Saz Tam has turned his scheming eyes towards the Western Heartlands, it will indeed be some apocalyptic shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to know for sure, we, we must find out what their plans are. I'm, I'm open to any ideas, please, anyone. I believe we need to check out this area on the map that is seemingly unknown location that is circled in their new domain. Yes, you are quite right, Sir Jake. This mysterious area may hold answers to many of our questions. It may even lead us to our imprisoned Jolkins. We must not forget their plight. You know, I believe this would be a perfect mission for your talents, Hadar. And at that, uh, Hadar quickly stands up and bows. I would be honored to perform this duty. Whatever secrets hide there, I will reveal them. And if there are innocents there, I will find them. Here, here. And Sir Istival's like, very good, very good. What else? No, well, we need a new quest. Speak up, Elric. I was about to say, we need to find out why these raids are taking place. We need to stop the raids so that there are no more refugees. So these people yes. are back working the lands. Um, yes, indeed, Elric. With all these other dilemmas, we must not forget our primary duty, which is to prevent other innocents from suffering the same fate. We must put a stop to these senseless raids. Yeah. And again, thanks to our new friends here, it seems hopeful that they have put an end to the raiding orcs and goblins. Right. But one group has still eluded us, the Knoll Raiders. We thought we had pinpointed the location of their camp, the abandoned Nandar Lodge in the Ardeep Forest. So, we scouted the area on our way to Waterdeep. Unfortunately, we found no sign of them. Since the Knoll raids are concentrated around the Ardeep River, we have concluded that their camp must be further north near the ruins of the Phyland Lodge. I 
remember seeing Phylon Lodge. Phylon Lodge was on the map. <laughs> what is what is this Phylon Lodge anyway? Well, uh, Kelson, since uh, in your youth you actually hunted at this lodge when it was still around, perhaps you could tell us some of its history. It was a hunting lodge owned by the noble Phyland family of Waterdeep. There, other Waterhavian nobles would gather for leisure and to hunt the magical beasts of the Ardeep forest. It was quite popular in its day and quite profitable for the Phylons. But all that came to an end when it was revealed that Lord Utos Phylon II was inflicted with lycanthropy. So some sort Ooh, of... He was a werewolf. Um... Werewolf. 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 Well, maybe they should have put him in the woods and hunted him down. <laughs> so mean. Well, now it's nothing but ruins that are slowly being taken over by the forest. And I believe a perfect hideout for raiders. Hmm. Hmm. So, with that in mind, my fellow countrymen, I humbly ask you, Will you join us in our endeavor and continue to help us fight these forces of evil and chaos? Yeah, I'm all for yes, that. I will. Yes. I strengthen my body. I shall do as that. As long as there's an opportunity to kill some more evildoers. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So noble. Now, since you seem to have a knack for rooting out evil in these types of situations, I suggest your group travel to Phyland Lodge and see if that is indeed where the gnolls are based. And if so, I will kill them all. <laughs> We're good at claiming that. <laughs> and the son of Harold here will salt their fields. I will salt their fields. <laughs> and skewer them. Ruin your name and salt your fields. Ruin your name. <laughs> Bifurcate their skulls. <laughs> My little badge badge will gnaw on some scroties. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at that, um, Lord Flotion stands up and says, Scroties, excellent. <laughs> Very well. The seeds of a plan have been planted. Let us now see what fruit they bear. And then he and Kelson uh, get, uh, start to you know, go and put on their cloaks as they uh, prepare to leave. And that, uh, and uh, Lord Flotion continues, uh, I, in the meantime, will focus my efforts on the infernal words scrawled in blood. Perhaps they will reveal something hidden. Soon, though, I will be departing Daggerford for my estate. My sister, Shalandra, has recently returned after being away for many decades. She left after a falling out with our father. I am anxious to see her, hoping that she is ready to rejoin our family. So, I wish you all good luck on your missions. Until we meet again. Well, I want to know one thing before we, before the golden elf leaves. Does he, it might be interested in some urns. You have these really big urns. We would look at them around. They should be worth a lot more <laughs> to the right buyer. So uh, Darfin takes a look at that and he's like, ooh, from the time of man. They'd look nice in your foyer. These are ancient. <laughs> but you know who would really pay top dollar for these? Do tell. The Duke. 
Ah, ah, Duke. Yeah. He loves this kind of stuff, right? He's all about showing off these ancient artifacts. Okay, yeah. cool. Perhaps we can inquire subtly. Yes. You subtly? Well, not me personally. <laughs> and at that, uh, Lord Flotion and Kelson give you a slight bow, and then they exit Sir Istival's home and head out into the dark night. And Sir Istival says, Well, it is late, and you need your rest, and you have much to prepare for your journey. I'm sure you need to go shopping for supplies. An adventurer must be well-equipped, you know. Hey, can I ask you a question there, Sir Isti? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you leave to go on a quest, how many pairs of skivvies do you pack? <laughs> Asking for a friend. I, for the love of God, you make one joke about packing one pair of skivvies. It follows you forever. <laughs> Because of their brave deeds in Jolkin and Hopshield Castle, the party has earned the respect and trust of Sir Istival and his companions, Lord Flotion and Kelsin Darktreader. Together, they came up with a plan to fight the scourge of the Sword Coast. Will our heroes find the gnolls at Finland Lodge? How much can you really learn through a little taunting? Can a Kawinky Dinky end up being just a Kawinky Dinky? Eh. Why would Stina have orc testicles? I mean, that's just gross. Well, who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Roll Radio. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Roll Radio. Hope you're uh, enjoying the show. Hope you enjoyed that episode. I found it uh, to be an interesting way for the players to, you know, uh, to kind of inadvertently do a recap uh, of last season. But uh, more importantly, as a way to meet new characters and learn some backstory about Daggerford and the Western Heartlands and, of course, the Red Wizards. Uh, you know, the quintessential scene uh, in the book or the film, right, where the main characters gather and they discuss the situation uh, and formulate a plan and then uh, set up the quest uh, for this season, all right? And your quest this season is to help us spread the word about Row Radio. Tell your friends to like and subscribe, uh, share it on Facebook and Twitter, uh, and of course, leaving a nice review on iTunes is a great way to uh, pique people's interest. Help us grow the Roll Radio family. And don't forget to check out RollRadio.com for more entries from uh, Jake's journals and to check out our new merch. Yeah, now you can be even cooler. And speaking of cool, uh, let's not forget the cool Roll Radio theme by Andrew Capone. Uh, check him out at andrewcapone-composer.com and the cool in-game music and awesome sound effects by sirenscape.com. And of course, the coolest game on the planet, Dungeons & Dragons. Check him out, dnd.wizards.com. 
All right, everybody, please stay safe and healthy out there. Uh, and we'll see you next time when our players uh, hit the streets of Daggerford and face their greatest foe, the shopkeeper. <laughs>